Welcome to the Crushing Cashflow Podcast, where we share phenomenal advice and dozens of decades of wisdom from investors and entrepreneurs of all types and all stages of their journeys. We'll cover many forms of cash flowing assets, such as real estate, stock investing, entrepreneurship, and general finance guidance. Listen in and learn from those who are crushing it out there, as well as those who have been crushed by business or their investments. Now here's your host, Andrew Shutsky. Welcome back to another episode of Crushing Cashflow. I'm your host, Andrew Shutsky. And with me today, we've got a power duo, Susie Sevier and Michael Barnhart. Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks so much, Andrew. It's a pleasure being on your show. We're really excited about this. Awesome. So a little background here. So Susie and Michael are the founders of Adventurous Real Estate Investors. They be, their adventure began at a TEDx event, which is interesting. The theme was reset and it changed their lives. Very powerful there. They want to share this journey with others by helping others check off their bucket list items and achieve, achieve the greatest ROI, return or impact for those who don't know the term. A little more about Michael and Susie. Michael's background is active duty Air Force major living in the UK. Very interesting. While getting his PhD at the University of Cambridge. Smarty pants here. He joined the Air Force in 2006 and was on his last tour was in Colorado Springs where he's teaching at the Air Force Academy. And on Susie's side, uh, she's a program manager for supply chain department for a biotech company that was located in Cambridge. And we started a real estate investing journey while living overseas. So really interesting background. And I'm also, I've got a lot of supply chain backgrounds. So we'll have to talk afterwards, Susie, but Absolutely. welcome to the show. And I'm really, really interested to hear more about your story. And uh, number one, how did you get over to the UK? I mean, you guys don't have the accents. So I'm assuming you're not natives. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not native. Uh, so just because of my job, um, well, when I was teaching at the Air Force Academy before this, um, and then they want me to continue teaching. So they're like, hey, uh, you can choose anywhere to go get a PhD. And I was like, cool, I'm going to the University of Cambridge. And they're like, well, we didn't mean everywhere. And I was like, hey, you said everywhere, anywhere. So <laughs> you know, I backed into a corner and now we're here in Cambridge. So, um, but yeah, so we'll be here for the next year and a half. And, uh, and then we'll head back to Colorado Springs where I'll finish out my military career. Yeah. Really cool. Really cool. Well, thanks again. And so first and foremost, you know, I just got wind. You guys recently launched the podcast only days ago. Tell us about that. Let's kick it off with that. Yeah, no, we are so excited. <laughs> um, it's called The Adventures of a Real Estate Investor. And what the main focus is, is that like when we were talking to people on one-on-ones, we heard so many people just creating like this great impact, whether they like knew it or not, but it was a very common theme. And so what we did is that we wanted to bring their stories to a wider audience and like show our listeners, you know, and whoever is listening out there that a huge impacts can be made while leveraging real estate investing. And the thing is, is that we were all born to make an impact. And so we're just hoping that any of the stories inspire people out there to think about like the impacts that they're making on themselves or in their lives, in their community. So then they can create like this great ripple effect that we hope to just help the world achieve. That's really cool. And I think that's something that's often overlooked. Often the real estate game can be very financial driven. You know, it's all about, you mentioned ROI, of course, cash flows king, right? Give the name of the show. But I think that's one thing you see, especially in the value add play, which a lot of us dabble in is, you know, what do you, what changes are you making in the communities and what's going on? So I think it's awesome that you guys put that front and center rather than just the financial aspect. That's really cool. 
Well, yeah, because even like within these apartment communities, like there are people and there are people who just like have a basic need of shelter. And so like even providing that and remembering that like these are the people, you know, that create these numbers is truly, truly important because like we're all people and we all have feelings and we're all meant to be heard. And so with that, we want to respect that and make sure that they are fully thought of like in every business plan that we implement. Awesome. So you guys obviously have day jobs, just like myself. What brought you into real estate? What attracted you initially? Was it, did you start small and start to scale? How did that work? No, so that's a great question. And ours is a little unique. So because of actually COVID-19 and the lockdowns, we didn't know how long the first one was going to last over here in the UK. So Michael and I had started a mini book club with each other because we don't have a TV and we had no idea what we were going to do at home for that long. Cause the first one was a little over a hundred days. And actually one of the books that we read was multiple streams of income and a couple chapters in it stock talks about real estate investing. And Michael looked at me and said, let's do it. <laughs> That's like how it was born, you know? And from there books, podcasts, meetups, all conferences, like all of the above so that we could learn as much as we could in the amount of time that we thought we had, because nobody knew how long Mm -hmm. everything would stay virtual. So we knew that we had to dive in like head first and go take all the action immediately, especially because we were at home. I mean, if you can only leave the house to work out once a day or go to the grocery store, the pharmacy, you have a lot of time to do a lot of other (laughs) things. That all sounds very familiar. So, so talk to us about you know, adventurous real estate investors, their strategy and what kind of assets are you going after and why, and how are you guys different? That's a lot of questions. So maybe we'll take it one at a time. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I guess I can kind of, um, I'll just, I mean, that's basically asking where our investment thesis thesis is, right? So I guess I can that's just right. kind of just go over that, walk through our investment thesis. So um, we, so Susie mentioned, you know, we are overseas. Well, we mentioned we were overseas and, and then we just started recently in the past year and uh, one of the things that we, we were missing being a syndication team and multifamily syndicators was a boots on the ground. Somebody who can walk, walk the asset, touch the asset uh, and report back to us exactly what we needed them to do, because that's something we couldn't do, especially with the restrictions and flying and things like that. And so um, currently with COVID and stuff. So um, we found a boots on the ground partner who had ended up being, a, uh, he was a classmate of mine from the, the academy, went to school together. So there was this already built in trust, right? So we knew him. I knew him. We, we liked him. We trust him. And so like he was our boots on the ground, like our point man on the ground. And so he was able to do everything we were able, we, we cannot do from over here, but from over here, Susie and I are able to focus on deal flow, you know, everything to do with acquisitions. And Susie focuses on everything that has to do with marketing and investor relations. Um, so to, to get, get into our investor thesis, investment thesis, um, you know, our boots on the ground ended up being in a really great market that we were interested in because one of the biggest things we focus on um, is cash flow, right? Um, yep, Carson Cash Flow Podcast. Here we are, right? So, are. Uh, <laughs> name of the game, brother. Name of the game. Exactly. exactly. So, there's three main things that we focus on um, when we're looking at deals, and that is it has the asset has to be cash flowing from day one. Number two, uh, around forty to fifty percent, fifty forty to fifty percent of the returns have to come from cash flow. So we're not banking on appreciation, right? Especially during whatever economic downturn might happen, right? And the third, th- third thing is that it has to be stabilized. And for your audience, what a stabilized asset is, it is um, 90% occupied for at least 90 days. And that allows you to get agency debt, which is Fran- Fannie Mac or 
uh, excuse me, Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac. Your agency and, stuff. Uh, yep. yep. <laughs> so all agency debt there. And so, um, and that, that allows, what's great about that is it's non-recourse and it is long-term financing. So it's usually it's typically a 30 year AM and then it's a low rate, right? So you can really increase your cash flow with that as well. And so those are the three things we look for in an asset every time we're looking at it. So going back to our boots on the ground, he is in Oklahoma City. And so Oklahoma City and Tulsa became our markets um, because they offer generous cash flowing opportunities, higher cap rates, not a, a huge amount of competition, not looking for something that's going to appreciate too much, but it's just a solid cash flowing assets that are there. And that's what our investors are looking for, especially given the certain um, or the pending economic uh, whatever is going to happen. So. So I think what's unique about you guys, and it's really cool, and I had a couple of us in the show in a similar, similar position. They didn't have a fantastic answer for this, but you guys are overseas and you're finding deals, <clears throat> you're managing them, asset managing, excuse me. <clears throat> what tips would you give to someone who's not local? And I guess it really doesn't matter if you're a different time zone or not. How did you make it work? You, you, you had the advantage of having you know, boots in the ground and trust with some of your Air Force brothers, but if you didn't have that, what would you do? What would be the tips you'd give someone? Yeah, that's a great question. And so there's a couple, like, so the team is the biggest part, right? Like if your team is solid and your team is like aligned with your goals, aligned with your why, aligned with your passions, like you all can focus on the greatest things. And to even break that down, like a huge part of our team is our property management company. So we interviewed five or six and we did not give up, you know, because initially those conversations, we just weren't feeling it. Right. It was very transactional. It was very, yes, we can do this for rent. Yes, we can do that. And I'm like, yeah, okay. I understand we can do that for rent, but again, we're really focused on the people and the families living there. Like, can we add that into the conversation? And so property management company is huge because realistically, if something were to happen at the property, they are the ones right there, right? They are the ones who will figure out the issue. Like I need to be working on my business and not in my business. And so the people in my business are the property management company. And then another thing is that just being consistent and putting yourself out there, like with meetups, with mm -hmm. conferences, because the more people see you in the space, that's how you'll create those great relationships where it's no like and trust because you'll see the people in the same areas. You'll talk to them more often, you know, and that's just how you get to know them better. And just through those organic interactions is where you will meet your partners, you know? And then the third thing, sorry, there's three. No, is okay. We have, we met an individual who ended up being our mentor through organic introductions. And what that did for us was that he knew our area and the submarket very, very well. So we've tried to find a way to bring value to him so that we could continue, you know, to ask him questions and have him look over our underwriting just to make sure that because we're so far away, you know, that the numbers that we had on paper were accurate for the market that we were in. Awesome. Awesome. I they're great tips. And one, one other question I have too, and I love that you guys are focused on the communities. Uh, when you guys get into an asset, you know, day one, week one, whatever, month one, what are your kind of tricks of the trade with building out a sense of community? Is it, is it raising events? Is it focusing on the, the outside ex exterior of the landscape? What do you guys look for? What are your priorities, you know, day one, month one? No, that's also a great question. So we actually send out a survey so that we actually oh, wow. know what the residents want. And then another thing is that like, this is a reason why we just love our property management company. She specifically chooses the individual that she thinks will fit the best there. And I 
wish I could explain how amazing this has been because our property manager who is there day to day, like we have gotten so many Google reviews just saying how much the residents love her because she takes the time to sit there and learn about the resident. You know, I mean, and we have, we all share like a program management software called Asana and it's cool. Cause she's like, Oh, I met with this investor or not investor, sorry, resident. And he used to be an opera singer, you know, like she takes the time to actually find out who the people are. But so like through her and through the surveys, we then can implement like the things that they actually want. But yes, we also have resident events because we want the people to interact with our property management staff so that they do become much more comfortable when it comes to serious conversations. Like I need help with rent relief. You know, I need help with that paperwork. So we want to make sure that they're like interacting with our property management company as often as possible. That's really cool. Now, I think the the project base and the survey is a great example. And I, it's great that you found a PM who's willing to do that because I know more than often than not, ours are so swamped with just, you know, dealing with issues and challenges and construction and upgrades. It's, it's, it's really tough to find the time. But if you do that day one, you establish the importance of that day one. It makes all the difference. So, well, so back, go ahead. I was just going to say, and to add that into your business plan so that it's not something that comes up day one, right? Like when we had our business plan 30 days out, it was like, Hey, these are the things they want to implement. And they just said, okay. And it worked, but for the survey too, I mean, I definitely helped because I also want to be very like involved with wanting to know what they want. And I mean, the survey was five questions, right? It only took me like 10 minutes to put together and just like doing that collaboration with the weekly project property management calls and they were like, Oh no, these are great questions. Or this is when I would change. It was like, cool. Now I get to learn like what serves them best as well. Really great. So back to you guys and your company, uh, what you mentioned the bucket list in the beginning, what's your bucket list look like for your organization? Let's say three, five years out, whatever, maybe even 10 years out. What's the end goal? Ooh. So five years out, hundred million dollars in, in assets for sure. Okay. Uh, Three years out, um, and that's, that's, those are tough questions. So, I mean, like, um, we're always looking at a year in advance, right? And then, you know, three years from now, and so a year for, so this year, our goal was to close on four properties. And so we're about to, when this podcast comes out, we'll be closing our second asset. Uh, we we're trying to do one a quarter. And so now we're looking for a third one, right? Um, and then, and then following shortly after that the fourth one hopefully oh, yeah. um, so that's our plan and then our other plan was to raise at least five million dollars from investors um, and so we're on we're on the way to that as well yeah and even just to add like another two more bucket list items is one I want to create like an all women's team just because like as a military spouse I know how important and empowering it is when women can have a like smooth transition with their career from duty station to duty station and so I just want to create more awareness that like you don't have to have your identity tied to a nine to five. Like it can be real estate investing and it can be on your terms. But then another thing too, is that when Michael can exit the military in seven years, like that's when we want to be able to go travel the world and build schools in different countries because education is so big for Michael and I, it's a huge part of our lives. And that's just like a huge impact that we want to make because basic education can solve a lot of issues in communities. And so if we can help that, then that's something that we definitely want to do. Really powerful. Thanks for sharing that. So kind of getting to the end of things. Uh, great, great to hear your story. Your, your, your why is very, very strong, very powerful. You've got a solid plan. You've got your taking action. I love all of that. 
How can our listeners get in touch with you, learn more about your podcast, about your organization? What are the best ways? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Thank you so much for asking. Our website is adventurousrei.com and they can definitely find us there. We offer a guide and a checklist. The checklist is for active investors. And so they can find that at adventurousrei.com forward slash checklist. And that just gives you an idea of what it's like to take down a deal. It shows pretty much everything from pre-LOI all the way through closing so that they can get an idea. But then our passive guide is adventurousrei.com forward slash guide. And that's just how to generate passive income from anywhere in the world. Awesome. And your podcasts, all the major platforms, where do we find it? Yep, absolutely. So Apple podcasts, Spotify, Google, you know, Pandora, Stitcher. I don't know. There's quite a few, all of the things above, you know, when I had the option to list, I just pressed the buttons. (laughs) Awesome. It's called the adventures of a real estate investor. You nailed it. Well, it's great talking to you guys. Thanks so much for being on the show. Yeah. And thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Andrew, it was a lot of fun. I appreciate it. Likewise. Thanks for listening in with us for another episode of the Crushing Cashflow Podcast. We have a small favor to ask of all of our listeners. Please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Each subscription and rating will help us massively toward our goal of helping reach as many listeners as possible each week. Thank you very much once again for listening. We're thrilled to have you with us as part of this journey, and we can't wait to share more of these stories with you. Stay tuned for much more to come.